Welcome back to another episode of Unconventional Ways. Today, we will be talking with Liliana King about her journey in the lifestyle, as well as her view on French vanilla folks and the possibility of having a relationship with the vanilla person. A little about Liliana before we get started. Liliana is proud, black, and magical, cisgender woman in a switch. Pronouns are she, her. She started her lifestyle journey with a tender date who showed her that there were actually a name for things she liked and the community of people into those same things. So Liliana, tell us about your initial introduction to the lifestyle and how old were you at that time? So like I said, it was from a Tinder date. Um, he was actually getting ready to go to a party and I was asking him questions about the party. because, like, why in West Egypt would you have this ugly ass romper um I didn't know that it was a lifestyle party until he explained it to me and he was like the two worlds can just never collide I'm like what you mean the two worlds can never collide and the more that we start talking and you know he he was more of a hedonist um so my my impact played by BDSM kinks um weren't so much up his alley but he introduced me to FetLife and initially thought that like I would wait for him to go to a month or two and I definitely did not. Um, I found the first month, jumped right in, um, met some folks there. I was in the DFW area. I was what, 20? No, I was in my 30. Maybe I was, thir I was 31. I was 31. Yeah. And he introduced me to a black kink group. Um, and it's, it's, it's been going ever since. So what is, um, what is the scene like in your area? And have you felt like there's a, enough representation of black or BIPOC people on that scene? Um, so in my area, I've gone to one event, I've hosted a munch, and it's, it, it, it lacks melanin um, to the point where I go to New Orleans or I'll go to other places because I don't feel comfortable um, doing so in the area. So even with going to like the local dungeon, you have to have the invitation and um, just trying to get to the munch was a hassle because the location kept changing. So if you weren't on set, like just watching it, you wouldn't see. So yes, I've just gone to different states um, because I've, I've living in Nashville, there's too many places, and I know this is terrible to say, but there's too many places where you can hide a body, where you can come up missing. So meeting with strangers, just, I go out of state. You, 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 you have friends that you go visit out of state, basically. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. So tell us, tell us about your role as a switch. Well, what would you like to know? 
everything. Okay, so when did you when did you kind of notice you were a switch? Because you know some people come in thinking they're a dom or a dame, a sub, top, bottom. Um, so when did it kind of hit you that you like being a switch? You like dominating and submitting, or at least topping or bottoming. So <laughs> take a step back, uh, 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 go back a few years. Um, when I met this, well, I reconnected with somebody from college and he was in lifestyle. Um, and he found out that these were the things that he enjoyed when he was overseas in Korea. He actually had me read a book called At Her Feet. I knew that I never wanted to be a slave for anyone. So I knew that that was just not that one gonna happen. Mm -mm, I'm not giving up that much control. Um, but the idea of being in control actually was appealing. But I also know that I do like to be dominated. So I, I figured that piece out um, early on before I discovered FET, any of that. I do like being in control, but I also like to be dominated by my partner. So that was and I knew these things just sexually. I knew that these are the things I liked. Um, and then I found out there was a name to it. So that's that's pretty much how I discovered that was the switch. Um, and playing around with impact play, like that was that that rush that you get. I that's how I figured that out. So are you more of a dom a dominating switch or a sub leaning switch? I would say it really just depends on the person and the energy that's given. Um, yeah, it depends on the energy. There are some people who I know that I would never necessarily top, but I would trust them to top me or dominate me. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are your main kinks or fetishes that kind of keep you interested in the lifestyle? Definitely impact play, um, cream pies. One thing that I was surprised that I enjoyed that I was so, I thought that I was so against was group sex, like orgies. Um, though I think those are the, the, the biggest biggest things that keep me keep me on this side so <clears throat> tell, tell us about what what kind of about impact that brought you in and makes you keep coming back to it <laughs> I blame my grandmother for this um <laughs> the whooping that I got as a child <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain. All right. Um, there's a story that goes along with this. Okay. Um. So, my grandma decided she was gonna stop whooping us with belts. Right. Me and my little cousin, her and my aunt. So they used to whoop us with the little things to turn the blinds with, like the actual pole. You just hear that shit come in. It stings. That hurts, and it's not necessarily a good hurt. Okay, so 
fast forward, I'm in middle school. Um, I was in the seventh grade because Robert, um, that person was in the eighth grade. And I remember um, he hit me with a Twizzler and I was like, what the hell? That hurt, but it kind of felt good. But then I remember hitting him with a Twizzler and seeing like the welts on him. I was like, oh, I like this. And he wasn't complaining. Um, so yeah, like the, the singing when you get in a whooping, that's different. But that's the only thing that I could equate to getting hit with Twizzlers. Um, and I'm not, I don't know if I had that discussion with you or not trying to make a flogger out of Twizzlers. Oh, I, I did not know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> I guess it's safe to say my journey with kink has been kind of long because I was in the seventh grade the first time. I was like, okay, I like this. Hmm. What is this? Like, I remember watching Real Sex, but you know, all you saw were white men in leather. So yeah. Um, yes, it's it's the bruising. It's the knowing that I can take that much pain. It's the actual release release that happens. Um, it can be very very vulnerable because you are trusting someone else with your, your health and safety. Um, because one false move and it, you know, it could be bad, but you're relinquishing that control. Um, I guess the vulnerability, because I am very, very, very rarely vulnerable in my life. Like I, that's just one side of myself that I very rarely am able to just explore, but being able to just relinquish that control all right I got this that release um is what what keeps me keeps me coming back to it so what what allows you to get into that space where you can release that control in a lifestyle versus in your vanilla life um in the lifestyle nobody knows my real name but <laughs> it makes a difference <laughs> <laughs> and it's a different type of vulnerability. Um, it's hard to feel self-conscious or or um, nervous or anything along those lines. Like that that whole category of emotions when everybody around you is half naked, and then you have those around you who are talking you through it. Even the person who is performing the act is still checking in. It's still very in tune with how you're feeling, even stopping when you may not necessarily think that you're ready to stop, but just your cheeks are so hot that it's time to stop. So it's, it's, uh, it's knowing that everybody is in that same boat. Like we're all, we're all pretty, pretty vulnerable at this point. Um, but it's that trust and Granted, I do not let everybody, I won't let a lot of folks touch me, those women ask, um, because that trust has to be there. So what, what about group play that you've come to enjoy? All the hands. Um, <laughs> all the hands. All the hands. All the sensation. Um, the first time 
um, the first time it was definitely unexpected and I was so in the zone that I didn't realize there was somebody having sex right next to me until she grabbed my hand like hold on girl we got this as she was about to climax and was like oh damn hey girl how are you here yes um and it's like your own performance like I used to act in middle school and high school and you know you put on these productions but this is your time to shine and all your naked truth so you get to put on this show like and it's not a it's it's an exclusive show because you have to be there to experience it it's not like you watch you know you pull up gangbangs or something on Pornhub no you you have to be here to experience it so I think that's really the 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 exclusivity of it that in the hands all the hands all the sensations you got the people cheering you on in the background it sounds very so, vain when you say it that way. <laughs> when I say it that way. So, so you're more so an exhibition, an exhibitionist in this instance rather than watching, or do you enjoy both regroupably? I enjoy both. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely enjoy both, but I, I do like to be cheered on. Okay. Roll so my I, hair I, and tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> so how have you going about setting up a group play thing? Is this like? Something that happens spontaneous, or it's like, all right, I want to do this. Let me set up. Let me set up something with some friends. Um, I've had instances where it's just been like where we actually set things up. Um, but more times than not, that particular time, it was just spontaneous. Like I had gone just for a day trip, a literal day trip, because I flew into Jersey that day, went to the nude beach came back and left the next morning like bright and early the next morning it just it just happened um yeah that one definitely just happened there is like a body worshiping session that uh one of my partners wants to set up but my 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 vanilla partner is getting in the way of that so oh speaking of which so so you 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 have a vanilla partner, and how does this lifestyle have meshed with dating someone who's vanilla, um, and knowing like you enjoy doing these things, you enjoy going to events, you enjoy group play, like how how has that been factored in, and what is that vanilla partner's view on on your interests? So, um, interestingly enough, his sister is actually in the lifestyle um and so needless to say when he told me that I freaked the fuck out because I was like Lord please don't let me be the fuck this man's sister because that would be terrible and hard to explain especially since you know people don't you nine times out of ten you don't know that person's real name so it would suck to be introduced to a sister and it's like oh hey hey um so he's pretty open to it to an extent I don't think that he would ever be able to handle watching me have sex with another man um but when we talked about it in that regard like the actual sexual acts we both agreed that we would need to have a strong foundation first and after time then we can come back and revisit it 
but right so now mm-hmm. it's monogamous okay so monogamous sex-wise or monogamous lifestyle-wise as a whole like you can't you can't even do non-sexual kinks or, or sessions with people like um sex-wise I, I, okay because i know some people so, have that separated where it's like they can play and do their kink interests and things, but they can't have, they can't do anything sexual with anyone. Yeah, sex-wise. Um, and he's French vanilla. He he says that he's not into it. That, that man is into some shit. He just <laughs> um, hasn't put a name to it. And I think it's partially just because of stigma that comes with it. Um, and yeah, I think it's just more because of stigma that comes with it. But we've even talked about like impact play like he's um the frat boy so swinging paddles is something that he's very much so used to it's like well that's perfect but i don't like paddles but we can do some other things so um even when it came down to it's like all right i'm gonna order like just you know the light stuff we get some toys and stuff and see um how he responds to it and he's open to that so He's French vanilla. He just don't want to admit that he may actually be kinky. And I think part of that's just because he don't ever want to be in the same room with his sister. Uh, it might happen. So what what have been some <laughs> challenges? <laughs> what have been some challenges that you kind of experienced coming in as a lifestyle person and dating this uh, vanilla party? Um, not so much with him, but I will say when I moved to Nashville versus being in Dallas, it, everyone that I ran into, because I would be very honest and upfront because like, Hey, this is just what it's going to be. Um, they all thought that that just meant, Oh, okay, cool. So we just going to set up this threesome or you just have sex with hella people. And it's like, wait a minute. No. That, that's not at all what that means. Like, that's not what that means. It just means that I like other things and this is going to be a part of our relationship. But no, the, I would say that's the, the biggest issue is that misconception. Um, and then the thought that it's going to be whips, chains, that I'm going to tie them up. Um, you ain't going to have me on no 50 shades of gray shit. Um, you ain't going to tie me up and put something in my ass. Like, first of all, I wouldn't do that anyway, unless you asked me to. And I don't think you up your butt that good, so you wouldn't have to worry about that anyway. Like, this is just, I don't think we would get that far. Like, I'm not even sure I would have sex with you at this point. So I think that, that it's, I think people assume that kink means a free-for-all, that we don't have standards, um, we don't have boundaries. I think that is the, the biggest misconception, especially when it comes to being a woman and dealing with vanilla folks um, in this part of the country. In Dallas, you didn't even really have to say anything because most of them were with the shit. They just didn't know what it was. They didn't have a name for it, but you would figure out very quickly, oh, you you with the shit, with all of the shit. Um, but Nashville definitely a little more closed-minded, um, very much so closed-minded. Like I've, I've experienced a few times where it's like, okay, so hey, I'm into kink, like no explanation as to what that, what that entails. 
And it's, a, oh, okay, well, I appreciate your honesty. I'm glad you're living your truth, but no thanks. So going from like a city that was very open to moving to one that was kind of closed-minded <clears throat> and having to do all this traveling, have you, have you like trying to figure out like how to kind of balance that like with when do you know like oh I need to I need to play or I need to travel so I can have these things done to me um where where is that balance at for you in working through that and setting up stuff um I used to hell feels like I was going at least once a quarter sometimes once a month um pre-covid I was back and forth to New Orleans a lot, a whole lot. Um, and then during COVID, COVID was difficult. It was a lot of video, a lot of video sessions, video, yes, video sessions is what we'll call it. Um, Post-quarantine, because we're still in COVID, it's just, for me, I know when I feel like everything's about to bubble over, it's time to make that trip. Time to place that call. Like it, it's, it's, it's time to make this happen. Um, it's, it's like for somebody who runs, you know when you need to take that nice three, four mile run to relieve that stress, to get that tension out, to clear your mind. So now I drive instead of flying. Uh, but that I would say that that's, that's how I manage it. I, when I get that urge or when I feel like it's becoming too much, all right, let me go ahead and, and head on down. So you, you mentioned French vanilla folks. Tell, tell us about, tell us what French vanilla folks are. <laughs> okay, so French vanilla folks <laughs> are people who, who, who identify as uh, vanilla or non-kinky, like just, I don't want to call number, I don't want to call people boring because um, I don't want a lack of kink shame, but they are very, like vanilla ice cream. It ain't got no flavor to it. It's just there. Um, French vanilla folks, are folks who haven't quite made that leap over or they may be apprehensive or they may not just may not know. I would say I was French vanilla for a very long time until I knew the name, I knew how to um, put a name to the things that I enjoyed. But French vanilla folks are fun. Those are the folks who will, uh, who may come to a party, who may watch, who may join in. They, they want to test the waters a little bit. They don't want to say that they're into impact play, but those would be the same men that will put you over their knee and spank you or spank your pussy. Um, that, that's French vanilla, where they don't want to say that they're kinky, but they like kinky things. But do you feel it's more so <clears throat> them afraid of what society thinks or more so just hesitant to take their leap and say all right this is what I'm into this is what I enjoy I think it's a little bit of both 
Um, for some, it is a lack of knowledge, a lack of research. For others, it is that honest to God truth of what someone else may have to say, um, not realizing the discretion <laughs> that comes along with it. Um, I, I do think that that does have a lot, a whole lot to do with it. So what, what, what kind of do you, what do you kind of advise for people who are, you know, French vanilla to kind of, what would you say to them to kind of get them to go ahead and take that lead, enjoy what you enjoy and kind of don't worry about, you know, what anyone thinks. Um, research, research, because you can do research and nobody knows. You can do research in the privacy of your own home and nobody knows what you're doing. Go incognito mode. Um, I, when I read the book at her feet, that was, that was something that opened my eyes to everything is not just the white man in leather that I saw on real sex. That these are people who have real lives, real jobs, these, it's not 50, it's, everything's not 50 shades of gray. Um, and there's real connections that are made. It's not just a, a turn and burn or um, it can be, but not like the dismissal afterwards. It's not like you, unless you went to that, you know, being used, here's $40, you leave it on the, on the dresser and walk away. It's not like that. Um, and less that's what you like. So I think that that, was, that, uh, that would be my biggest biggest piece of advice. Do your research, take the kink test, so that way you can at least have a, um, and take the full test, not just a shorter version. And honest, answer honestly, because again, nobody can see these things. But go back and just see what it says. Do your research and find, get on set, find a munch, not a party, a munch that you can go to where you can meet different people in your area. And if you're not comfortable in your area, change your location, but just get out there because you only have one life to live. And can't nobody whoop you, you know? Like you're an adult, you can do the things that you want to do. Unless you want to be whooped. <laughs> you can get what you want. You get pretty much whatever it is that you want. Um, but like just just take the time to do it like you you owe that to yourself and if you realize hey I don't really like this that's okay but at least you know you tried you didn't deny yourself something based off of what the next person may have to say so what what have been some of your wildest or most memorable experiences within the lifestyle that, that you can talk about or at least the skies of it um, I would say uh, doing a showcase at a party or at an event that was that was a production. Uh, that was not a party. That was a production. Um, doing a showcase. So and being on both ends is that, and almost pulling a muscle in my chest because I used to flog it. That was way too heavy way too heavy hindsight the person 
that I was flogging that had volunteered, I had actually met in Dallas with one of the groups that I was a part of. He was a sub. <laughs> one of the very first like events that I went to, like hindsight, I'm thinking about this, this person's face and it's like, oh, I have met you before, um, but I joined this, this chapter of this group and then I moved across country. Um, so there was that time um, meeting someone who played so hard that they tore their shoulder. They ripped something in their shoulder and they were in a sling. And this is when I was learning how to actually like participate in learning how to flog someone um, and using like bamboo sticks and all of that. This person had their arm in a sling and was still like, all right, we got this. It's like, what the hell? What in all of the hells? Like at this point, I'm kind of scared because I don't ever want to be a part of anything that has me. Like I hurt myself doing it and I'm still like, I want to do this. But then on the other end of it, I'm like, well, shit, if this is what it's like, and it ain't like I'm doing drugs, you know, I've heard that meth and should have the same effect. I want to learn more. Um, meth, not the meth. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in meth country. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So when you see people, um, I worked for a drugstore and you see people come in and you watch their appearance change, you know, the meth got them. Um, but I would say one of the most memorable experiences that I've had, um, I don't even know how it, I knew what I wanted to happen for New Year's, but I didn't, I, I said that I wanted to bring in the New Year with multiple orgasms. And that happened. And it was amazing. Um, However, nobody tells you that once you do that, you have to keep putting fluids in because you will be extremely dehydrated. But yes, that was, I think, I think that's you as far as I can go into that one. You gotta, so have, a Gatorade by the, you gotta have a Gatorade by the bed, I guess. <laughs> Not even Gatorade, like you, you need hydrocates, like you need the stuff that the bodybuilders use to replenish your body. Like you need Pedialyte popsicles, you need, you need the real thing, like that was, yeah yeah I've never slept so good in my life ever <laughs> ever so, so do you have any any regrets being in the uh, community um I would say the one I won't necessarily say that it's a regret but uh well no no, because I don't, that honestly has nothing to do with being in the community. It's more so just making friends as adults. Um, that's just hard. It, it's super, super hard. Um, communication is everything. And I think one thing that sometimes can be overlooked is the fact that the same way that you have to communicate your wants and your needs for a scene or for a dynamic, you still have to 
communicate your wants and your needs when it comes to friendships, when it comes to playing with people. Um, not a regret of mine, but things that I've seen where it's like, hey, you should probably say something or ask more questions. And when I say say something, I don't mean any, I, I'm not talking in the sense of like any sort of consent being violated, but it's like, in the dating world, if I know that I like this person, but they don't like me like that, it doesn't matter how much I do for them. <laughs> they still not gonna like me back. Um, I would say that that would be the biggest thing. And then understanding the difference between somebody just being a naturally good person and mistaking those feelings for romantic feelings. Um, that my Tinder date, granted there were romantic feelings there, but again, going back to doing that research and making sure that you're asking questions and communicating things effectively. Um, when somebody tells you that they are non-monogamous, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> right. If they, when they say, hey, I have many relationships with many people, that's exactly what that means. It doesn't mean that they like you any less, but that means that I have the capacity to love or have these feelings for other people as well. So I will say that is that was my biggest learning curve coming from a very, very monogamous background, um, not understanding that piece. So not a regret, but definitely from seeing people to having to learn that myself and really understanding what non-monogamous, ethically non-monogamous means, that that would be the biggest, the biggest takeaway. So what what is some advice that you have for just anyone in general who's interested in the lifestyle um, to start out or people who are actually already in it? They're interested in group play or exploring uh, impact or any of the other things that you talked about today? I say research, um, but research, I probably should expand on that. Research looks different for each person. Pornhub is not your friend because <laughs> realistically, that is not how that's going to go. That is not how that's going to go. Like, it's going to be feet flying and body parts moving and yeah, Pornhub is not your friend on that end. It may pique your interest, but don't think that realistically that's what it looks like. Um, but figure out what's going on in your area. Like I said, get on sets. Um, but do your own research and then talk to people. There's, I was fortunate enough to, when I, the first month that I went to, um, I'm not going to say his name, of course, but if you're in the DFW area, you definitely know who he is, but he is, he is the, I'll call him the godfather. He's the head honcho out there. And I remember myself and it was two other people who were new walking into the munch and he had to sit away from folks and came and sat down and talked to us and was like, stay away from this person, this person, this person. Cool. But even with that, 
you you establish those relationships. You talk to people who actually do it, um, especially when it comes to group pay, group play. Um, when you're looking at different dynamics, especially if you are in a relationship and you want to open up your relationship, you should probably talk to people who are actually doing it. Um, talk to folks, go and watch, because you can go and watch without feeling pressured to participate. Though that would be the biggest thing. Just get out there and explore and figure out whatever name you want to use. Because again, don't nobody know your real name. They don't have to know your real name. Because um, you can do this and still be safe. So, can you tell the listeners one lesson you've learned during your time in the lifestyle? You want to, uh, uh, is this supposed to be inspirational or just a lesson that I've learned? This could be inspirational or whatever you like. It's a lesson. Like, what did you learn either by yourself, the lifestyle? It, it could be multiple lessons. Okay. One lesson that I learned in the lifestyle um, that nobody told me is when doing anal, just remember what goes in, what is going to come out. Um, so don't be alarmed if you fart in the middle of the night. You pass gas in the middle of the night and semen comes out. You did not break your booty hole. That's a lesson that I learned. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? I, I am laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought I broke my butt. And in actuality, no, it was just semen. Um, no, nah, but for real, I would say the biggest lesson that I've, I've learned is you can still build lasting friendships I feel like, hell, I honestly feel like I've built more authentic and lasting friendships in the lifestyle than I have outside of it. You never know where that support, where your support system or your, your tribe may be. So don't limit yourself. Um, yeah, we do do different acts on each other um, and it's not the traditional friendship but that doesn't mean that you can't, that your tribe is not within kink. So where can the listeners best find you if they wanted to ask more questions? Do you have a contact or anything like that? Um, I was not prepared for that part. No, <laughs> they can reach out to you. I do not remember what my Facebook is. I'll be honest with you. I think it may be Liliana Pink. If they, if they have questions, they can email the podcast and I can send it to you. Yes. Yes. Let's right. do that because I definitely don't remember. Cool. All right. This has been another episode of Unconventional Waste. Thank you for joining us, Liliana, and for sharing your experiences and giving me some good laughs today <laughs> <laughs> anytime <laughs> all right